morning, it is quite evident and obvious that we're talking about something that is related to the stuff that is up here. So thank you so much uh, for preparing that. Um, we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We have been on this journey talking about being seated and sealed. We started off um, the slide before this quickly, just Chris. We, we've been on this journey called Seated and Sealed, the work of the Son and the work and the way of the Spirit. And it's been an incredibly fulfilling journey, I, I trust, for you too. And I just want to encourage you, what we share on Sundays, we feel as elders, God is using to speak to us as a church. And, and so we believe in, in continuation. In other words, it's not just a random sermon out of nowhere each Sunday. It is part of a greater picture. It's this puzzle that's being put together. And, and I do want to encourage you to try to journey with us as we put the pieces together of this puzzle, would you? And, and therefore, every Sunday, and I'm not putting a pressure on you, or you're going to watch you. If you don't come, we're on your case. No, it's just helpful for us to see this puzzle take shape. And particularly now as we talk about Holy Spirit and, and who He is and the person of the Holy Spirit, it is so important. This morning, I'm going to really just lay the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit, which is the next slide. And, and so there's going to be consecutive weeks following today that we will continue to talk about this. And, and so it's incredibly important. I want to encourage you to join us for this journey. And so last week, as we, as we started speaking, or not started, we continued, we focused on what it means to be filled and actually walking with the Spirit, as we see so clearly in the New Testament um, it speaks of. And we spoke about uh, a little bit about the fruit of, of the flesh is, remember that? And, and the fruit of, of just making spiritual decisions and, and how we can do that. And so we started referring to the difference between the work of the flesh and the work of of the Spirit of God in us. So, and, and I hope that you realize that there's a clear distinction between the two. <laughs> They're just not the same. Um, that they are ab actually in opposition to each other. And so this week we'll be looking more into detail regarding the work of the Spirit. As, or as Paul talks about, he refers to the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to ask you to take up your Bibles. And please turn with me, swipe with me to Galatians 5, and we're going to read an extensive portion of verses of Scripture together. Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing a letter to the churches in the, in the area or the province of Galatia. It's not a one town, as you would find in Philippi or in Ephesus or in Colossae. These are a number of churches in an area called Galatia, and hence the letter to the people in Galatians. And it says in verse 16, Galatians 5 and verse 16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit. There's a key here. All right? It says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not. Say with me, not. Right? Before the not, there was a command. It's not don't walk according to the flesh. It says, walk according to the Spirit. And the other thing won't happen. So if you don't want this, go to the opposite side of the coin. And that's why Paul says, walk by the Spirit. Recognize who He is and allow Him to guide you. He says, if that is part of your life, you will not 
gratify the desires of the flesh. And then he explains a bit what the desires of the flesh could be. He says, um, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, hence opposition. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led, again, like we had seen in, in, seen in verse 16, there's a, there's a but I say, here he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now he quantifies them. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. And uh, he mentions about 15 of them. He says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Paul says further, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's quite serious about these things. They're not just, hey, guys, just consider not doing these. It's just not helpful. I don't think it's going to really be good for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your life, for your business, for just everything. It's just, this is not just a good suggestion. All right? He says, if you keep on, this will actually mean that you will miss out on inheriting the kingdom of God. So there's serious consequences. But then, after having looked at these 15 things that are just stuff of the flesh, he comes up with this beautiful explanation. He says another B-U-T with one T. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Nine of them is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. All those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so Paul sees here clearly, or shows us clearly that the, that the fruit of the sinful nature of man, that's how we are born. We are born with the sinful nature in us. It says that that sinful nature is against the Spirit of God and not interested in God's ways. So we're born with this. You don't, you don't wake up, you know, after you're born and the first three years or five years or six years, you just want to you know, love Jesus and do all the good things. There's a sinful nature in each little child that is born and all due respect to those little babies that are around and the moms that think that their children are the best in the world. They're just not angels. This is how they're born. They're born in a sinful nature. They want to go against the things of God. And that's why we help them. That's why we have children's church now. And by the way, that's not the ultimate thing in their lives. It's you, 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 parents. Don't bring them here and say, oh, please teach my kids the things of the Spirit. <laughs> because at home, the things of the flesh are so evident. Well, that's why they're at home, to be amongst you, to help them, to become more aware of God. And we just commend them further along that path. But you've got to do the hardcore work. Amen? And so the, the things of the flesh are so against the things of the Spirit. And consistently we see these words and terms repeated and contrasted. It says, by the Spirit, desires of the flesh. Walk with the Spirit, works of the flesh. All these things are constantly contrasted. 
It's amazing contrast that we find between things of the spirit and things of the flesh. And so what we are clearly introduced here is that our outer conduct is a reflection of our inner spiritual status. You've got to consider this. So I'm saying we, we're talking about the fruit, but before we can really get into the nine fruit and, and really expound on them, we've got to understand where do they come from? They come from somewhere. And, and it says here, our outer conduct or the fruit of our lives, what people see is a result of what is inside of you. Amen? And so I'm not suggesting that there's anything bad on you. I'm just saying, whatever fruit you're currently exhibiting, here you go, exhibit A, ladies and gentlemen. Do, 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 do. Let's bring him up. Let's ask Sidney Horton to come up. No, let's not do that. Um, and say, well, we have here is a gentleman or a lady, and we're asking you to testify of the fruit. No, no, actually what we're going to ask is to testify of the inner person that they are because the fruit is showing, isn't it? We don't actually need to ask you the fruit. We need to just ask you what, what actually is the fruit portraying. True. So the fruit of the Spirit is portraying something and should be portraying something of who we are in God. So I don't try to have more love. I don't try to have more peace and whatever thing. I just try to connect with Jesus. And Paul, and Paul, Jesus says this in John 15. He says, you are the branches and I am the vine. God, he says, if you connect it to God like that, you will have fruit. You disconnect yourself, you're going to have different fruit. You're going to have fruit. Some fruit is going to show. Either the fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. So quick question. What fruit are you portraying at the moment in your life? Don't answer that. Just keep that between you and God. And I think your wife or your husband is not going to be exempt from that. They will tell you what fruit you perhaps are showing forth. But anyway, the current fruit that is most evident upon your life will answer the simple question of whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. Leave that up to you. I'm not asking you, are you a follower of Jesus? I'm just saying the fruit in your life will portray whether you are or not. That's what Scripture says. Our confession alone of being a child of God is not enough, ladies and gentlemen. I can confess until I'm blue in the face that I'm, I'm a born-again believer. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Well, the fruit will show whether that's real or not. And this is what Scripture teaches us. It is possible to even being born again and being a follower and coming to church every Sunday and still battle with fleshly fruit in our lives. Correct? Because none of us are perfect. We all are still aware of this sinful stuff around us. And we're not supposed to succumb to it. It doesn't rule us because Christ in us enables us to say no. But it's around. And so... Every now and again, there's a moment that we perhaps lapse and ah, the flesh stuff comes in. <laughs> or maybe none of you. You just look so holy this morning. It's like I look at Joma, I'm like, yeah, no, he just looks like Jesus today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I battle with that. 
It's like the flesh wants to creep in and say, hey, I'm your boss. I'm like, no, buddy, you're not my boss. I am. No, let's just try to settle things here. Jesus is in control and I want him to rule my life. But this is what I want to give to you this morning. A man by the name of Dallas Willard has this beautiful quote that I want you to, I've just been reading some of his stuff and it's just really inspiring. He says, it is therefore critical that we give appropriate attention to the care of our inner world, our hearts, through responding to God's spirit to heal this rich spiritual fruit and deliver us from the sad list of works of the flesh. We've looked at the sad list. I hope that you see it's sad. If it's not sad to you, I pray that it'll become sad. All right? That the other list is the, is the happy list. There's a sad one and there's a happy one. And so Dallas says this. He says, it's critical that we give, there's an incredible line there. He says, appropriate attention to the care of our inner world because that produces fruit. Whatever kind of fruit. But the lack we often have as believers and as people of God is that we don't give appropriate attention. And the lapse of that means that the one muscle becomes stronger than the other one. And the muscle of the flesh starts taking stronger prominence in our lives. Because we're not giving attention to the, to the real important issues of the heart. Where I'm saying, God, I want you to help me with what you want me to be. So I want you to take up, well, now carry on with taking up your Bibles. We're going to look at a, a few verses that just speaks about this important aspect of our inner world. Your inner world, my inner world. All of you have an inner world. Your outer world is what I see. And it's looking good this morning. Well done. All right? <laughs> nice sunny day. I love that outer world covering there of Mr. Tehran. Jeez, that's good on you, Paul. Covering well, explaining where his allegiance is. I like that. But anyway, your outer worlds today are all looking good. What we cannot always see is the inner world. But we do see it. Because it starts showing. Whatever, we always say that, whatever you do in private, people still see, eventually see in public. Can't hide it. And so Proverbs 4, I'm going to take you there first of all. And we're going to just look at a view, a few of these important verses related to our inner world. Because that area is the area that we neglect so much. And we will keep on talking about your inner world in this church. Because the outer world is in need of a healthy inner world. The world out there is desperate. They don't have answers. They don't know where to go. There's hopelessness. There's stuff happening in this outer world. Hence the reason why we, as a people of God, need to nurture, need to look after our inner world. So that we have something to give. Amen? The outer world is asking. They think they have the answers, but they don't. We've got to tactfully and wisely come and present the answer that we are convinced of within our inner world, not just in your head. The fruit of the Spirit is not possible unless the inner world of you and mine, yours and mine, are nurtured and proper attention is given to it. So Proverbs 4, verse 23, Solomon, wise man. You've got to listen to what Solomon says says, keep your heart with all vigilance, 
for from it flow the springs of life. ESV, that's the translation I'm using here, the English Standard Version. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. In the NIV, the New International Version, it says the following, above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. And in our context this morning, inner world, that's your heart. You're in a life. When you look at the Hebrew word, which is the word or the language that is used where we translated our Bible from or the Old Testament from particularly, the Hebrew word for keep or God, your heart is really mishmar, which in English is a place of confinement or prison. So Solomon is saying, listen, the, the, the Hebrew word is, is, is actually telling you that you got to guard this inner man, this, this deep-rooted place where everything flows from, where springs of life come from. You need to look after it like people would have a guard around a place where nobody should come in or go out from. Are you guarding your heart like that? We guard our possessions well. Amen? We guard our cars, our Homes with all sorts of systems often. Man, oh goodness. And um, tricky systems, very secure systems. And praise the Lord that you can do that. But are you that vigilant about your heart, your inner world, where you give adequate, appropriate attention to it? I spent two years in. South African Defense Force. We were conscripted to do two years of national service when we were much younger than what we are now. And um, so during those two years, I, I saw a lot of things. And praise the Lord, don't worry, I never killed anybody. I was thankfully never involved in, in combat in that sense that I had to make a call about somebody else's life. I thank God for that. But what I did see is the vigilance there is around protecting something that is of value. And I was involved in various situations where I could see how people were deeply, deeply concerned about security. There's some places in South Africa where you go underground. And I went underground often in terms of places there where we could go and, and do all sorts of things from underground because nobody above ground would know about it. But from the underground situation, we could send out communications and, and, and alert people and make sure that people are in contact and communication takes place. And that place was heavily guarded, but nobody knew. You just see this building, you drive up to it, and it has this simple entrance, and you think that it's just a building like the one next door, but underneath it, there are five stories. Uh, that are heavily protected, heavily armored, and, and from there a lot of stuff could happen. It's like a HQ headquarters. And so unless they protect that, you can imagine what, what it will not be able to accomplish. I think sometimes our, our absence of protecting this inner self is so evident because our communication with God is 
is determined by how much we allow the inner self to be in touch with him. So that the outcome of that would be the fruit of the Spirit, for one. So how are you looking after, again, your inner self? Hebrew word here is, it's like a prison in a sense. It's guarded. You can't easily come in. can't easily go out. But we just often, we just like, whatever comes our way, we'll just believe it. <laughs> we'll just allow it in. So guard your inner self. Because, as it says here, the springs of life flow from it. There's another beautiful verse in the, in the New Testament. I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians, where Paul really speaks about the stuff that really matters. And sometimes we think that this outer world is, is everything. It is not. Your car, your clothes, your house, your farm, your profession, your education, whatever it is, your business is not everything, ladies and gentlemen. Because listen to what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'll read it to you once I've found it. Here we go. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, he says in 16, so we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Any potential of that happening in this nation? Nah, not really. We're okay. <laughs> Paul says though, if it is relevant to any one of you, I just want to say, Paul says, we do not lose heart. Why? Though our outer self, outer world, outer man, outer person is, is wasting away. None of you want to admit that, eh? Oh, it's like, I'm just reading the scripture. You're like, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Well, my friend, you're getting older. I'm getting older. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just telling you that this is not the real me. What you have is not the real you in the sense of your physical body. Because that's wasting away. Some of us have spent more time wasting away than others already. Let's not go into detail about that. But all of us are in the process of wasting away. See, nobody have ever preached that to you, hey? Well, that's what the word says. But I love this. There's a comma. <laughs> it says our inner self is being renewed day by day. So as much as this thing is getting older and I can't do the stuff that I did 10 years ago, what dream of those days still where I could do the things that I had done then. But there's something else happening that I think we do not recognize and celebrate. Because the word says as much as this one is wasting, the other one is being renewed day by day. Day by day. There's something in this inner man that is growing and should be growing. Because if you're protected, looked after it, mishmar it, like Proverbs said, then surely this will grow. And grow into what? Compare to one another. and com Oh, that's, that's an amazing child of God. No, the comparison is this. We grow into His likeness. And His likeness is portrayed through the fruit of the Spirit. That's it. So it's not one fruit that I'm after. I'm after the likeness of Christ. I've created in his likeness to be like him, to become like him, to think like him. 
So that is my aim. And so that process is happening day by day. The other one is wasting. And, and we have those moments where our time here on earth comes to an end. And with all due respect, Onika's dad had that moment this week. But Uncle Pete knew where he was going to go. And there was peace on him when I saw him. And the outer man wasted away. But his inner man had been renewed by day by day until he had now been transferred from this little place called earth into his eternal home called heaven. And so we rejoice in that. And again, our sympathy is with you. So Paul says this, and he mentions a few things that I want you to take note of. There's a couple of C's here, a few things that Paul refers to. The first C is that he talks about the circumstances. <laughs> Paul says, hey, listen, the ultimate aim is that we're going to see something happen. The circumstance is the following. Light, momentary affliction. That's what you and I are going through. Whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 50 or 80, we're in a light momentary affliction moment. This is not it. It will come to an end. Not when we have a new political party come onto the scene. The light momentary afflictions of this earth will never come to an end until we are transferred from here to heaven, if you're a born-again believer, or until Jesus comes back. But that will remain with us. Good. None of you say amen. Because <laughs> none of us really want to say amen to this stuff. Yeah, bring it on. More light momentary affliction. I love it. No, we don't. It's like, ooh. Okay, but it's, it's real. The next thing is the call. What do we do in the midst of the light momentary afflictions? We do not lose heart. Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> light momentary affliction. I do not lose heart. How do we bring those two together? We carry on. Look at the next one. The clue or the cue really for us is don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, as Paul says here in verses um, 18. We do not look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Again, you do not look at the outer man only and say, oh, it's wasting away, light momentary affliction, all this stuff. Oh, Zimbabwe. But we look at the things that are unseen. Okay, what are you? Not see. Tell me more. I don't see what you not. What I'm not seeing. I mean, I'm seeing all this stuff. I can't tell me to look at the things that are unseen. There's nothing that I can see. Then that's where faith comes in. That's where relationship with Jesus comes in. That's the reality of saying, God, I I know who you are. I am giving appropriate attention to the development of my inner man, so that my outer world does not determine who I am. But my inner world determines how I live my life. So again, if your outer world is screaming at you at the moment, saying light momentary affliction, red light. Red light, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to turn that off and say, I will not. I'm not going to lose heart because I'm not looking at the things that are seen. And I'm not just talking about the things all the time that are, have you heard, did you know? But I'm looking at the things that are unseen. The things that I know. The things that I believe. 
And that produces fruit. That's where the fruit of the Spirit comes from. It's not from me. I'm going to try hard. Okay, this is going to be a tough week, but I'm going to, that joy thing, I'm going to work hard at it. All right, yes. It's like getting into whatever mode of position or whatever it is. You're like, this week I'm going to produce. You're going to watch me. I'm going to be joyful. Watch me. I know it's 8 o'clock on a Monday. I know it's been tough. I know it's been tough. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to really make it. Okay, it's 10 past 8 now. I'm still joyful. I'm still joyful. 15 minutes past 8 and it's really getting difficult. Because I'm actually supposed to be at work already and the traffic and these chovas and the Honda fits again. Hey? With the, they just go and they switch on their hazards and they're like, ah, if you do that, we're going to take your number. And we, no. <laughs> no, the point is this. We cannot produce that in our own lives. It's our connection to Jesus. It's appropriate attention given to the inner self. That when I'm in the world, my outer world is a reflection of what's already taking place inside. The fruit come naturally, supernaturally. The third C we see here is that it says in verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Conviction I have. I live with this absolute deep conviction in my heart that again, This world is not it. This world is not it. God is preparing in the midst of this light momentary affliction that I go through. He's preparing something for us. Well, it's already prepared. And I'm okay. I'm going to be fine. And no matter what challenge I go through, I'm going to be fine because of my king. Or who he is. And then the last C. The certainty that I have. That although this outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. We've got to live within the, this incredible tension of all these seas from 2 Corinthians. That there is this reality, our circumstances, but there's a call to be made. There's a clear clue for us. Don't look at these things. Look at something deeper. There's this absolute conviction that I have that something better is there for me? And I think we don't talk enough about life you're after. I think we talk too much about life currently. And by the way, that's just one speck on this expanse of eternity. <laughs> we, we give so much attention to this little thing called life you're on earth. We don't talk enough about the beauty of life with God for eternity. And what is been made available for us to enjoy that with him through Christ our Lord. The secret then to a strong, healthy, and fruitful life lies in how we work with God in this area of our life, this inner man, this inner self area that should be growing every day. Or to put it in another word, and I want to take you just lastly to one Peter Where Peter puts it so beautifully, he speaks to women in particular, but I think this is for all of us. 1 Peter 3, I'm going to read to you from verse 1. Is that okay? Just closing with this one and coming to an end. And then, by the way, the fruit over here is is not a display only. It's a moment of distribution where you can come and enjoy fruit this morning and take of it. And um, please take that everybody could have, just so 
Prepare yourself right now, okay? Anyway, let's go to 1 Peter 3. And so Peter's talking. He's talking to wives and husbands. He's talking to people. And so he's saying, wives, be subject and whatever else. And, and then he, and he, and he uses this beautiful picture to tell women, listen, listen, this is not the most important thing in your life. He says, verse 3, do not let your adorning be external. By the way, again, we've got to commend the ladies for their external adornings this morning. Um, you've done well. He says even, yeah, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. It's like, don't let that be the actual thing that defines you. All right? He says this is more important. Coming on. But let your adorning be, what? The hidden person. <laughs> There's no ad that comes up on a, on a television or during a movie that says, oh, don't worry about your dress. Don't worry about the makeup. Don't worry about your hair. Just look at your inner self. Like, yeah, that'll sell. <laughs> now come and come to church. <laughs> and then be your, let your inner self be adorned. Like, you know, whatever. I want that stuff. I want that handbag. And I want that dress. And I want this thing. And I want that thing. Because the outer world is so important. The one that is what? Wasting away. <laughs> Peter says, do not let that, and that's for all of us, all of us, men and women, but let your adorning be the hidden person. Say with me, hidden. Be the hidden person of the heart. With what? The imperishable beauty. The imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is what? In God's sight, very Precious. Jeez. Should have read this before the hours you spent this morning in front of the mirror. Eh? It's like it would have saved you two hours of sleep. Could have gotten up later, much later. I just want to let you know, ladies and some gentlemen. I mean, the fact that they're laughing is is absolute proof that they that they know it happened to them this morning. <laughs> it's like, no, you should have told me this one. I could have stayed in bed much longer. Because God really is about the imperishable beauty of the heart that never wastes away. And in his eyes, it is very, say with me, very, very precious, ladies and gentlemen. That is what produces the fruit in your life and in my life. So save money. Save yourself. From a lot of money, of having to spend it on clothes. Just clothe yourself, all right? That's a good thing to do. Just kind of wake up your face. That's also good. <laughs> but may we encourage one another. In the light of all the attention, and rightfully so, I understand you want to do that. That's fine. But may we encourage one another to give more appropriate attention to the care of our inner self because that ultimately determines the fruit that you will have you will have fruit if you don't care you will still have fruit but it'll be more fruit of the flesh than fruit of the spirit and so i just close by just giving you these three things how do we take care and because this this can be an exercise in itself to how do we take care of this inner person, this hidden person. 
I don't want to give you advice how to take care of your outer man or woman. That's serious. That's not my calling. All right. There are others that are much better at that than me. Part of our responsibility towards you and you towards one another is to say, how are you looking after your inner self, that hidden person? I just want to give you three simple things. God's word, God's spirit, God's word, God's people. Simply. This is not a formula. This is a lifestyle. Where I spend time with God, God's spirit, and not just... You know, once a month or whatever, I get to know him and I allow him to speak into my life. I spend time in God's word where I really see what God says about himself and about me in his word. And I spend time with God's people where they can help me and say, listen, that fruit really stinks of it. Sorry to say, but. You know, the way that you conducted yourself there, it's just not helpful. Or I ask questions, how do you do this? And please help me in this area. And God's people come and they say, come along. Let's walk. Let's journey together. That is the church. And so in either three of those areas, people get upset with God because God didn't do this. Oh, I don't like the word. I don't understand the word. Chuck that one out. Oh, people did this. I don't want to go to church anymore. The result of that is fruit. A different kind of fruit. You pursue that. And as I said, it's not a formula. This is relationship stuff. Where we keep on keeping on in those three areas. The fruit of the Spirit, as we see it in Galatians, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's not our aim. That's not what we focused on. We focused on the spirit that produces fruit in us. I do not focus on, I've got to have more of this. You never see a tree trying to push out fruit. It's just a natural process because it's linked. It's rooted. And so how rooted are you? That will determine the condition of your inner self that will have an effect on your outer world. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that we actually don't have to pray for more fruit. What we want to pray for is more connectivity. That's the key. So that the evidence of fruit will be natural, supernatural. Not just here in church on a Sunday, but when we go home today, that there will be fruit seen, godly fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the image and the likeness, the character of Jesus shown. So I pray for that, Father. I pray that we will, this morning, in a sense, the thing that I pray that you will arrest our hearts with is this deep, deep concern for our inner self, this hidden person, that we will truly, Lord God, guard it, as what Proverbs says. And that as we look at what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we will say, the outer man is not really the focus. What is more important is this inner man, 
that should be renewed day by day. That is my trust and my focus. And I pray, Lord God, that we will see as what Peter wrote, that this imperishable beauty of the hidden person will be truly the pursuit of our hearts. That we'll say, God, as I spend time with you and in your word and with your people, I trust that you will develop this inner person so that the fruit, the gifts of the spirit, the life of God will be in me, but flow through me. Lord, I pray this for us as a church that we will not be known by anything else, but firstly, but how like-minded we are of who Christ is and that we function and live and operate and love and treat and lead and guide people around us from this healthy inner person that is pursuing God and becoming more like him. Father, I pray for that. I pray for your grace upon us in that. And that we will truly, Lord God, see the fruit of the Spirit become so evident because of the appropriate attention we give to the inner self. We trust for that. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.